The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Today, the third installment of The Legend of Alexander the Great. Part of the mystery of searching a life that changed the face of Asia and Europe 2,300 years ago is the detective work needed to fit the puzzle together. Fortunately, we have such excellent reporters as Plutarch, the orator Demosthenes, who spoke at the time, and Aristotle, who taught at the time. All predict that the world would never be the same again. Alexander proved it. Alexander, I know how deeply you feel your father's death. Don't pretend, Cleopatra. He didn't die in his bed of old age. He was cut down by an assassin. Stop it. I was here when it happened. You weren't. I know that. Was it interesting to see my father murdered by your lover? That's not true. It's not. <laughs> mystery drama, Divide and Conquer, part three of The Legend of Alexander, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Gerald Keene and stars Russell Horton. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. of Macedon has just been stabbed to death. His 20-year-old son, Alexander, becomes king. All his life, Alexander has tried to mold himself into the likeness of his father, but he could not. The young Alexander was always serious. Whatever he undertook, it was without a smile. In his heart, however, he longed to be the reckless, life-loving super-soldier his father was. Now that he's no more, mother... Do you think about him? I mean, how often do you think about Father? What a question, Alexander. How often? There's only been two days. The funeral rites haven't yet been performed. Only two days dead, is that all? I thought it was two centuries. Every hour stretched for me into an eternity of pain. My dear boy. My dear son. Alexander, you are a king now. Yeah. I almost forgot. I won't set much of an example if I'm as maudlin as a woman. It will pass, son. Everything does. If I were more like him, I wouldn't feel this way. But I'm not. I don't have his sense of humor, his, his, his ability to enjoy life. Your father enjoyed it too much. Mother, do you remember Strabo? The barber who used to come to court and cut father's hair and trim his beard. That little man who talked so much. Yes, yes. Well, one time he was here chatting away, and he said to Father, How would you like your hair cut, King Philip? And Father answered, In silence. <laughs> he was a witty man. I'll miss him in so many ways. Yes. Your father knew how to put people down. And build them up. He'd single out the archer whose arrow reached an enemy's heart at the greatest distance. Or he'd congratulate the man who wound the twine of our strongest catapult. Even the woodcarver who cut the spokes for the chariot wheels. I know. 
Any man dedicated to help Philip in war, he admired. And rewarded. And now it's my turn. Pick up where he left off. Either attack Athens or force them to their knees. How would he have done it? <laughs> I thank Zeus. A Philip of Macedon you can never be. I know that. Everyone loved him. I'm thinking of him up there now on Mount Olympus talking to Zeus. You know what Father's probably saying? Alexander. You know, old man, my wife always said that you came down to Macedon one night and sired my son, Alexander. Tell me, Zeus, is there any truth in that? Alexander, that is sacrilegious. If that's what you call emulating your father's wit and sense of humor, you've got a long way to go. Mother, you know that was always a touchy point with him. <laughs> and as for humor... If Father were here today, he'd ask his archenemy, Demosthenes, to come up from Athens and speak the funeral oration. He would not. <laughs> Who could do it better? But I wouldn't give that Athenian the satisfaction of knowing Father was dead. Let him wait until the whole world knows Philip has left Macedon forever. Walk with you to the assembly. Well, by all means, Senator Jason. I am concerned that we have had no word from Philip of Macedon. What kind of word were you expecting? Well, we've told him that Athens wants no part of his lead, nor will we lend support or men for his so-called conquest of Asia. King Philip is not the kind of man to take a snub lightly. I know that, Jason. But Philip is no sandstorm that will eventually blow away. All is lost. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Don't be fearful. Alarm, yes. But terror stops a man in his tracks. Are you going to keep prodding and warning the assembly? How long can I do it? When will they move? When necessity arises. It's the lull before the storm. How many at the assembly today? Five hundred. It's crowded to the pillars. Every seat is taken. I must get them to move. You know, when I first started practicing law, Jason, the Athenians were keen-witted and passionate. Today, the young blades have become dull, the lean and hungry, fat and overfed. Well, Demosthenes, I'll leave you here at the assembly door and go around and find my seat. May Apollo smile upon you. I don't mind his smiles, Jason. But I wouldn't like Apollo to laugh out loud. Fellow Athenians, when will you do your duty? When Philip is at our gate? I asked Senator Jason a few minutes ago when he thought the assembly would act, and he said, when necessity arises, I say to the free man that is today, the greatest necessity is the shame in which he finds himself. The honorable senator tells me you'd like to know the latest news. What greater news could there be than that a man of Macedon is arming himself to the teeth to defeat Athenian troops? Demosthenes. Excuse me? Demosthenes. News from Macedonia. Philip has been murdered by a cousin of the Queen's. Friends, friends, listen to me. 
The news is King Philip is dead. But he is not dead in you, fellow citizens. You will speedily create another Philip. Because that is the way you conduct your business. For it was not his own energy that exalted him as much as your neglect. Philip is dead. I ask for respectful quiet. The man was formidable. He deserves our respect. Your cries reveal your ignorance. Yes, Philip is dead. But the ranks of the Macedonian army has only been thinned by one man. The king is dead. But Macedon has only lost one soldier. Not even that. Explain, Demosthenes. Jason, my fellow senators, I said not even lost one soldier. For another has sprung up in his place. We now have Alexander, his son, to contend with. Mother? Yes, Alexander? I've spent some weeks and have done some investigating. Of what? The cause of father's death. Now, I know the guards cut the man down when he was hardly out of the door. Well, isn't that enough for you? The murderer is dead. A month has passed. Philip has been laid to rest. Oh, I'm trying, my son, to pick up the threads of my life without being reminded of the past every day. No one can explain to me why your young cousin, Pausanias, had any reason to take my father's life. It's because I cannot find anyone who did not love my father that the puzzle of it won't let me rest. Now, how well did you know this Pausanias? Hardly. I hardly knew him. When did you see him last? I can't possibly remember. It was so long ago. What could get into a young man, of royal blood, no less, to compel him to kill a king? It's not such a mystery, Alexander. It was very late at night, and your father surprised him in Cleopatra's bedchamber. What does she say? Oh, I don't know. I've been putting off questioning her. She seems so grief-stricken. She has a baby boy to console her. I think you should ask Cleopatra what she knows. Well, perhaps she has an answer. Of course she does. When was she aware Pausanias was in her bedchamber? Was she asleep? Was he an intruder? Or did she invite him in? Why would she do that? Did she know him? Is that what you suspect, Mother? Son, don't you know that Pausanias had been secretly engaged to marry Cleopatra? And they were waiting two years for her to become 19. Engaged? No! Which was broken off when your father used the king's prerogative to marry a second time. Then, uh, say that again. Pausanias was engaged to marry Cleopatra? Yes. You didn't know that? No one ever told me. But why is that important? One whole month has passed since father was murdered by your cousin and you never told me they even knew each other? Of course it's important. But, Alexander, how could I tell you anything? You've gone into training with your army. Who sees you but your troops? And I don't know why this sudden interest in war. Mother, I am my father's son. My father's army is my right arm, and I am theirs. I am not saying what you're doing isn't important to the life of our country. I'm trying to explain why you knew nothing about Pausanias and Cleopatra. If it was secret, how did you know? Because he was my cousin. And when your father decided to marry her, Pausanias told me everything. I told him there was nothing I could do. Your father wanted the girl. He should accept it. Mother, is there something else you're trying to say to me? Only what you hear. I'm not hiding anything. 
I simply cannot close my eyes to a girl married to a king who entertains a former sweetheart in her bedchamber. No. No, no, not Cleopatra. It's not possible. I know her. Then why was Pausanias there? You visited me tonight to tell me you wished to find out why your father was murdered. It wouldn't be the first time in Athens a husband surprised a lover and was killed as a result. Is that what you believe? What a child you are, Alexander. No, 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 never, never, anything like that. I assumed he was an intruder who was caught stealing and attacked the king with his dagger. I quote you the words of Homer. There are none so blind as those who refuse to see. Stop talking to me as to a child. You won't face the truth. You're right, Mother. What other explanation is there? It's too late to bring my father back to Macedon from Mount Olympus. But it is not too late to make certain both murderers pay for their deed. Both? Cleopatra is equally guilty. So, you believe that now? By Apollo and my father's sacred sword, I do. Cleopatra has a lot to answer for. Pausanias is his name. Yes, it is. He was no stranger to her. What are you going to do? Make certain the truth is no stranger to me. Only in the house of Macedon was there grief at the death of King Philip. The rest of the world rejoiced. In Athens, a garland of flowers was placed upon Demosthenes' head as he delivered an oration praising Pausanias for killing the king. It was thought an end to a chapter of Hellenic life everyone believed was evil. Little did they know the worst was yet to come. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Alexander, the boy king, solemnized his 20th birthday after his father was interred. But he had little to celebrate. Most of his life so far, he had been torn between mother and father. But it was towards his father, the king, the extraordinary military man that Alexander's true affection lay, which is why he was driven to discover the truth of his father's death. Cleopatra, are we alone? Except for the baby. But he's asleep. I'm glad to see you, Alexander. Are you? You've hardly said two words to me since... Since, since what? Do the words stick in your throat since the death of my father, your husband? Oh, I beg your pardon. Not the death, but the murder of your husband. I thought you came here to... What did you think, Cleopatra? Say it. I... I don't understand you, Alexander. Cleopatra, did you know my father at all? Was it all a game to you? How could you do it? Alexander, if this is why you came here, I ask you to leave... My baby is in the next chamber. If he wakes oh, up, I... how is your son? Well, my father had two sons by two women. One of them, at least, should be well and happy. Oh, Alexander, I know how deeply you feel your father's death. Don't speak of it as if he died in his bed of old age. He was cut down by an assassin. Yes, I feel it deeply. Why? Don't you? Stop it. I was here when it happened. You were not. I know that. Was it interesting to see my father murdered by your lover? What did you say? I repeat it. 
You saw my father murdered by your lover. Lover? We were engaged to be married long before I ever met Philip. Pisanius was no lover of mine. I had no lover. Why don't you believe me? Uh, I I do, Cleopatra. I'm sorry. I, I, I spoke without knowledge. Who told you such a story? Uh, someone. Do I ask too much to know from whom you heard it? My, my mother told me he was your lover. Why did she say that? It's not true. I was betrothed to Pausanias, yes, but we kept it a secret. How could she have known? And, and to make up such a vile story. He was my mother's cousin. He must have told her when my father decided to marry you. It's all too much. Your mother, you, a story that reeks of lies. Alexander, you don't know what happened that night. You couldn't begin to imagine the horror of it. My good, sweet friend, Pausanias, visited me. We were children together. And then, suddenly, Philip comes into my room making horrible accusations. My baby is crying. I go to him. I lift him up to comfort him. And Philip goes mad. He beats me and my baby about the face. Of course, then, I, I, I mean... How could Pausania stand there and do nothing? My, my dearest, only friend, Pausania. It was too much to, to watch me, the baby. And so he stabbed my father. To defend me, to protect the baby. We were beaten, do you understand? And what happened afterward when my father lay there in his own blood? He said, Pisonius said, it was the will of the gods. The gods willed him to murder? Oh, that's what he said. I didn't know what he meant. And then he ran from my chamber. He, he didn't get very far, did he? They chopped him to pieces with their swords. Oh, let me alone. I hate all of you. Cleopatra, <laughs> I'm going now. If I ever suspected you had anything to do with this, I ask you to forgive me. It's yourself you have to forgive, Alexander. I hope you can. Steady, Bucephalus, steady. Has Captain Cyrus arrived yet? Alexander! Alexander! You sent for me, Alexander. I did, Cyrus. How's your cavalry? Well, we're never too happy in the stables, but put us back in the battlefield and we'll be just fine. <laughs> Steady, Bucephalus. Careful of your horse, Cyrus. Don't let him get too close to mine. I sent for you, Cyrus, so that we could talk on horseback without being overheard. Yes, you're right. It is a very delicate matter. Now, have you been able to verify what you told me yesterday? I have. From another source. Confirmed what you've told me, you're sure? Absolutely. Two separate sources? Yes. The captain who took him and the sailor who cast off. This isn't the kind of accusation one makes lightly. They swear he left the port of Sestos in a boat and made that short trip across the Dardanelles, landed in Persia, and was met by a chariot. Hmm. Why didn't these witnesses come forward sooner? They were afraid. Hmm? What conquered their fear? Gold? Unbelievable. My father's most trusted general, Attalus. Uncle of Cleopatra to boot. Defects 
to Persia. Why, Silas? Why? It's incomprehensible to me. Alexander, do you remember Atullus' opposition to you succeeding the throne? Oh, he made no bones about that. But to turn traitor, how can an honorable man do such a thing? An honorable man didn't. Obviously, General Atullus thought it was inevitable that Darius would defeat you. The Persians would sweep you away. And he wanted to be on the winning side. It's very hard to swallow, Cyrus. Alexander, he is not the only one to turn tail. Our federation of states is dissolving. Mm. They think because my father's dead, there's no strong leadership. Sparta and Thessaly are talking revolt. Argolis and Ellis have already declared their independence. Our garrison in Thebes is having a hard time holding them in line. Well, that's enough. We'll put down those insurrections. They'll rue the day they disavowed our protection. When can we begin? First duties first. I want that traitor Atullus arrested and brought home. But if he's protected by Darius... Find a way. I want him back here. I want him tried publicly in the great amphitheater. I want him executed. Atullus? Is that all you have to say in your defense? I have nothing to say. Nothing, he says, this great general. Old friend of my father's. New enemy of his homeland. Do you plead guilty? Do you plead innocent? What were you doing in Persepolis when our rescue mission found you? No answer. I'll answer for you. You were in one of the rooms they gave you in that Persian palace studying a war map you'd stolen from our army, planning how to help the Persians ward off my attack. Isn't that so? Answer, Atalas! I have nothing to say. Atalas, your crime is rank. You have betrayed a trust. Judges, citizens, there can be but one punishment for a man so loosely bound by honor. A man whose hands are unclean, whose arms have embraced the enemy, whose legs have run as fast as they could carry him. Citizens, he has no further use for the limbs and the body he was born with. I, Alexander, king of all I survey, decree that this Atollus a creature who has dishonored the uniform he wears, be taken to a place where no human eye can witness, be tied to two bent trees, and rent asunder! Cyrus. Hmm? What do you estimate is the strength of the army of Thessaly? Uh... 50,000. Good. Our 10,000 archers need only use five arrows apiece. If we could get them over to the enemy encampment. Do you see the reflection in the sky of their campfires? Hmm? They're on the second mountain range facing the Gulf of Salonica. <laughs> I'll never get my cavalry across those ravines. Never say never, Cyrus. We can move our 30,000 troops traveling single file in two nights. Single file? Yes. Our engineers are widening the goat tracks that lead along the bluff. You expect 30,000 men and supplies and horses and cavalry to cross two mountain ranges on goat trails and surprise the army of Bethlehem? Not expect, Cyrus. Demand. 
We'll descend from the mountains like goats and throw them into a panic. Tomorrow morning, Cyrus, I will meet you at the foot of Trasona at the Temple of Poseidon. At sunrise, Cyrus, be there. May I ask, what for, Alexander? Tomorrow night, when we march along the goat trails with our equipment, there'll be a steep cliff on one side. On the other, 200 feet down the waters of the gulf. It'll be dark. One misstep and the man is dead. Therefore, in the morning, you and I offer prayers and gold to our god of the sea, Poseidon, to keep our men from harm. Will you tell Senator Jason I can see him now? Ah, hail, Jason. Hail, Demosthenes. Come closer. I don't wish to shout. I have a feeling I'm being watched. Jason, have you news yet where Alexander is now? Our spies have lost track of him. They've lost track of 10,000 men? Lost track of 30,000. All we know is they were heading for Thessaly and moving very quickly along the cliffs facing the Gulf of Salonika. 30,000 men can disappear into the mountains? This Alexander plays war games differently from his father. We can always find him. On an open field. If he takes Thessaly, he'll then go on to Thebes. And Thebes is only two nights' march from here. Oh, you don't have to convince me. He's dangerous. I must go. I'll keep you posted. Don't fail me, Jason. The Assembly regards me as an expert on Alexander. But I'm anything but that. Demosthenes, who is... Soldier. What's your name? Uh, Junius, sir. Junius, that cart is stuck. Help me push the rear wheels free. Driver, rein in your horses. We'll help you. Oh, uh, Cyrus, mm. can the men march by here? Uh, they can crawl around that cart. Junius, you take that back wheel. I'll take this one. When I give the signal, the horses will start up and we'll push. Uh, but, sir, there's only the space of a hand between this wheel and, and, and the edge of the cliff. I know that. Now, there's a heavy stone behind you. See if you can wedge it under your wheel so that when we push, the cart can't roll back on us. Oh, sir, what I mean is being so close to the edge, if, if you wouldn't mind changing places with me. Change places? Do you know who I am? Uh, not exactly, sir. I, I, I know you're my superior officer. You don't think it's insubordination asking a superior officer to take the more dangerous place? Not if he doesn't mind, sir. In, in battle, we fight together. I give my life for him, and, and, and he gives his life for me. Would you ask the king to change places with you? Oh, no, sir. I'd sooner die than that. <laughs> Driver, we're changing places back here. Keep rein on your horses, and when I say go, start them up. Yes, Your Majesty. You the king? Never mind that. Change places. Hurry. You are King Alexander. Change places with me. Hurry. This cart of supplies has to move forward. No, I, I, I couldn't, Your Majesty. I'll, I'll stay here and push the outside wheel. Forgive me. I, I, I didn't know. Just give me the word and I'll do what you command. Are you sure? I beg you. Let's push the car now, Your Majesty. Uh, uh, oh, no. I can't. I can't. I soldier. May Poseidon grant him a safe journey to meet his ancestors.
I quote from the famous Athenian Xenophon. On campaign, the general must show he can bear better than his men the heat of the sun in summer, the cold in winter, and hardship on a difficult march. All those things go to make him loved by those he leads. Unquote. It's not unlikely that young Alexander the Great read and studied those words. We now see how he acted on them. I shall return shortly with Act Three. The attack on Thessaly, the surprise and panic that followed, came exactly as Alexander planned. Thessaly gave in. The Macedonian army moved swiftly south through the pass at Thermopylae, just as Philip had done, and a day later was encamped under the very walls of the fortified city of Thebes. In Athens, hair stood on end, and blood ran cold. What did I tell you, fellow Athenians? Did I not warn you? Alexander is today a two-day march from our walls. With a dozen siege towers and battering rams, he can break down our gates. Uh, Senator Jason, you wish the floor? Demosthenes, surely our army is large enough to hold him off. Senator, you are too young to remember how his father fought. League upon league of foot soldiers bearing spears in marching phalanx. A solid block of death. The most frightening sight in the world. It has routed many an army. I appeal to the senators. Perhaps there is still time to make peace. Who is it? It is Jason Demosthenes. The assembly has met. A vote taken. A decision made. They voted without me? Well, they knew how you stood. They've decided on a plan of action. A peace mission is to be sent to Thebes to negotiate with Alexander. What makes the assembly believe Alexander will listen to such an offer? Well, they're quite sure that he will consider it. You see, Demosthenes, you have been appointed at its head. Well, if anyone can talk Alexander into sparing Athens, the assembly believes it is you. Oh, they picked the wrong man. How could you disparage your talent? Jason, you've forgotten. When Philip was murdered, I appeared before our assembly wearing a garland of flowers and praising Pausanias for his brave and noble deed, ridding the world of such a tyrant. And you think Alexander, hundreds of leagues to the north, heard of your speech? Everyone in Greece and beyond, from Egypt to Macedonia, knew it word for word. Darius wrote me from Persia to congratulate me. No, no, I think, Jason, you had better return to the assembly and tell them I... I would be worse than no one. No, I... I cannot. I am afraid this was one of those rare occasions in which all 500 members stood to their feet and voted unanimously for you. Hardly unanimously. I didn't cast my vote. Men of Macedon, I expect all to be in readiness for our attack upon Thebes by the time the cock crows. I will move among you wherever I can be useful. Uh, you! Lusolet! Let me feel the edge of that sword you're sharpening. No, 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 not nearly smooth enough. It must be able to cut through leather. This side is rough, feel it? You there! 
Supplies. Let me have a look in those amphoras. Well, these jars are half filled with water. Sloppiness and laziness will have none of that. Now I know a half-filled jar is lighter to carry. Silas! Is that you over there? Come here. Soldier, our men need all the water we can bring to them, not less. Cyrus, yes, yes. take this man in chains and have him left behind our lines to die. Uh, yes, Alexander. Put it over here. You, rebellious, fill these amphora to the top. Men's lives depend upon supplies. I don't want anyone to forget that. Ah, yes, yes, this catapult rope looks well braided and strong. Nice work, Pius Alaris. Give it another twist. Now, let me feel that rope. Good, good. It's not straining. We ought to be able to heave some fine, heavy boulders at Thebes with this. Oh, better yet. Hey, what say you, Pius Omeris? A cauldron, a burning pit. Hey, <laughs> we'll make it hot for them. You there, Platees. Make sure that bronze prow is riveted solid to the front of the battering ram. Uh, uh, give me your hammer. I'll show you the way to drive the nails in solidly. Not short jabs, Platees, but this way. Slow. Strong. Even blows. Here's your hammer. I shall be around camp again in three hours, and I expect our war machine in complete readiness. Men! Men! We have equipped four siege towers with catapults to throw boulders and cauldrons of burning pitch and brimstone. At the signal, these will be shot over the Theban walls. Their army, I expect, will retaliate with flaming arrows to set our platforms on fire. Our second assault will be troops under command of Generals Ismenus and Simon. They will scale the walls, drop inside, and open the gates for us. Then we follow with two waves of phalanxes opening up a wedge, followed by cavalry under the command of Captain Cyrus! Men, I look to each of you to make sure his spear... His shield, his breastplate, and his leggings are in perfect condition. Be dead certain about this, or you will be certain dead. You have two hours. When the cock crows, we shall attack. The only possible change in plan would be if Captain Cyrus gives us new information. Apollo be with you! that black horse in the white robe. What are you doing riding about here at night? Speak or I'll run you through. Who is that? Pyrrhus of Macedonia, captain of Alexander's cavalry. Now stand and identify yourself. I am Demosthenes, the Greek. Speak louder, I can't hear you. Stand, stand there. I am on horseback. How do you presume I shall stand? I see you have three other horsemen behind you. Who are they and who are you? Captain Cyrus, do you wish me to remain over here standing still? Or shall I approach you where you can hear me? Come forward. Come. All right. Leave your men where they are. Captain, I am Demosthenes the Athenian. Yes, I know you. The man of the compelling tongue. We have traveled from Athens to greet King Alexander. Very good of you. But he is in the midst of battle. We have come on a mission of peace. Demosthenes, this is no time for peace. In a few hours, we are attacking Thebes. Oh, I disagree. There is always time for peace. Will you take us to Alexander? I will not. Oh, come now, dear cavalry captain. Be not so foolish. 
A truce with Athens will be of great advantage. That may be. But today, the outstretched hand is furthest from our thoughts. Now, go home, Demosthenes, and come back some other time. I must see Alexander now, today. You have had your little game, and it is over. I remember now where we met before. Yes, I accompanied King Philip when he and Alexander came to see you in Athens. My answer may not be a silver-tongued, but it is no. Nevertheless. What if I go my own way with my emissaries and seek out the king myself? How much do you value your life? Athenians had their chance to make peace with King Philip and threw it away. Well, we were hasty. We... Yes, and you were proud, defiant, and stupid. Where King Philip would have met you halfway, Alexander will not. I know why Athens is so anxious for peace. Because we speak the same language. Nonsense. Because we are a two-day march from you, and there is just the possibility Alexander will swallow Athens whole. Is Alexander so hungry that he would devour all of Greece? Not all. Only its choicest parts. Now tell your government to prepare itself. It is only a matter of selecting the time and the meal. But Alexander will assuredly eat all of you alive or dead. <laughs> Don't tell me, Cyrus. The four of them, Demosthenes and his three little peace missionaries, turned around and left you. Alexander, they couldn't leave fast enough. Now, one of them rode straight into a tree. Oh, so you can mark up that the first Athenian casualty occurred in the woods outside of Thebes. <laughs> it's all too late. Demosthenes is a great man, Cyrus. I wish you were Macedonian. Huh? We have as great in our country. One can always use a man of vision. Imagine. Sending an orator to effect truth. No, the Athenians selected well. They know I admire men of thought. I admire his reasoning and his eloquence. But... It is too late for that. Actions must now speak louder than words. Cyrus, it is time. Hello, soldiers. Are we ready? Wait! King Alexander, wait! What is it, Cyrus? The gates of Thebes are opening! Look, an officer on a horse carrying a white banner! Have him brought to me! Alexander. Hail to you, General. It's an honor to welcome you to my tent. You are the chief of staff of the Theban army, am I correct? Our government has instructed me that surrender is the only course left to us. A sensible realization. A battle against a walled city is not a battle a soldier enjoys fighting. Thebes was the first city-state to revolt after my father's death. I'm glad it's the first to recognize the error. King Alexander... I lay this banner at your feet to formally tell you Thebes will rejoin your confederation. The troops may be disappointed. You don't wish to defend yourselves. But that's the game of war. You like war, Your Majesty. General, I enjoy it. Too bad. You may enjoy less of it now that we have surrendered. All other city-states will do the same. They'll say if Thebes capitulates, we had better also. And will Athens? They do much talking there. I'm not sure about their fighting. Well, then, General, you believe that all the Greek city-states will fall into line and join me so that together we can challenge Darius of Persia? I do believe that. 
Your opinion could make a man quite conceited. How do all those city-states know I can wage war and win? Their only experience has been with my father. He subdued them. They will come to realize it, King Alexander, as we have. And I'm only beginning. Do you know? I've just turned 21. Your Majesty, let me take the wind out of your sails before conceit capsizes you. You have courage, and you know the art of how to divide and conquer, but you have much to learn. So speaks the commander-in-chief of a capsized country. Why did you bring me this white banner if you were not afraid? King Alexander, it is not you we honor and fear. It is your soldier. The unfortunate general of Thebes spoke the unvarnished truth. It was not Alexander's extraordinary magnetism that forced the Greek city-states into submission, but the invincible military machine of dedicated and expert soldiers he commanded. As time went on, Alexander improvised, perfected, learned from experience. The day was not far off when he would be acknowledged as Alexander the Great Warrior. I shall return shortly. Winter is the perfect time to catch up on many indoor fix-ups. And True Value Hardware Stores offer helpful values on the tools and supplies you may need in their Super 8 Circular. Hi, Pat Summerall to suggest you look there for quality master mechanic tools to do the job right. Plus electrical and plumbing supplies, paint and more to make home projects easy and economical. Do it yourself and you'll save with the values featured in the Super 8 Circular and at participating True Value Hardware Stores and Home Centers. What do doctors recommend to avoid constipation? These days, doctors stress the importance of fiber in the diet. Food fiber that helps the system regulate itself naturally. Metamucil is the laxative made from natural fiber. No chemical stimulants. So for occasional constipation, doctors recommend Metamucil more often than any other laxative. The way to overcome constipation is the natural way. But if not nature, Metamucil. Read label and follow directions. five-part legend of Alexander finds him at Delphi consulting the oracle as to the moment to launch an attack on Persia, a country whose army outnumbered Alexander's 100 to 1. One man does not decide lightly or alone whether to commit engagement with death by one million men on the battlefields. What the oracle advised would decide forever the face of Europe. Our cast included Russell Horton, Earl Hammond, E.V. Juster, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Careful, sirens. That last one came awfully close. That's the lot! Small as we could make them! Why, good reading there! Alexander! Hmm. Right, come, here. Have a look at these pieces. I don't have to. I know what they are. Didn't last long, did it? They must have known all along asking for a truce was just to gain time. I was never convinced about their sincerity. Why bother exchanging treaties chiseled into marble and then to break it up in such an offensive manner, tossing it out of the city piece by piece? Why, it's an insult. We'll repay them. Such an effort shouldn't go unrewarded. You up there! Soldier! 
Tell your commander-in-chief at dawn Alexander's great army will enter your city to teach Thebes a lesson. That we do not accept the breaking of a treaty to which we have affixed our seal. Be prepared for an invasion. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.